Hey, this is Joe Caminetti Jr. Welcome to the BC Podcast. We hope it inspires you and helps you in your journey with Jesus. Enjoy the message. Welcome to Healthy New Year. You know, last weekend, um, Pastor Joe Jr. taught, and I took the weekend off, but I, it was a study. I, I studied Saturday and Sunday, and but at 10.30, I watched the 9 a.m. service, and man, that was an incredible uh, healthy silence. It was an incredible message Joe Jr. taught in Borman. Here, more. can we just say thank you? Can we give it up? It was really good. If you haven't watched it yet, it's available for free online. So today, I titled this lesson, um, Healthy Finances, and we're going to talk about making our finances healthy. So uh, one part I'm not going to talk about, but I want to encourage you with, is uh, there's two things to have healthy finances. And, uh, and one is, you know, to learn to budget and to get yourself out of debt. And I think all of us have been there at one time or another. Uh, I love this country, and it's a capitalistic country, and that's what enables people to fulfill the American dream. But one of the, one of the cons, one of the negatives about a capitalistic country is it has the best marketing in the world, and they just get us to buy anything, right? They're always trying to get us to buy things. And it's like, you need a new... Uh, you know, cell phone. I know yours is only a year old, but we added all these features and, or you need this and you need that. And sometimes we do, but sometimes we don't. And I found as a young man, just, I found buying things I didn't need. And I remember when I listened to Dave Ramsey, and if you have never listened to him, has a lot of material out there. He'll, he'll teach you how to get out of debt if you're in debt and also balance your your books and budget your books. So I would highly recommend that. We have some financial counselors here in the church. They do it for a living. So they'll charge you, but they're amazing. And if, if you say, man, I'm in debt, I, I need to learn how to budget. Um, I would call and get their names and, and they'll help you. But I'm not teaching that side today. Uh, I want to teach the other side. And the side I want to teach is how God can bless our finances. And as a Christian, you have the right to have your finances blessed by God. And I almost titled this lesson, Inflation Proofing Your Life, because we're going through a time of inflation, right? I thought, man, I should, just, but it couldn't get the word healthy in there, so I had to say healthy finances. But uh, it is about inflation proofing your life, and you and I know what that does to us, right? I remember uh, years ago, I don't, it was when Reagan, it was just before Reagan was uh, elected president, and Inflation was so bad that they were paying 11 and a quarter percent just to put your money in a bank CD. Can you imagine that? Just park it there and you get 11. But of course, inflation was crazy, so everything else cost you way more. Thank God these cycles come and go, but this can help you survive in it. So I know there's some folks listening, you're on a fixed income. I'm not there right now, but someday in the future, as I age, I'll be on that fixed income. And so, uh, you know, can God bless you when you're on a fixed income? And I, I want to say yes. Tons of people in the church tell me what God does for them. And then we have students and college students here. And, uh, you know, working a part-time job, can God bless you and can he help you above your ability? Yes. Then we have young uh, parents with young families. And we had four kids in five and a half years. And I, I didn't expect the, the expense, you know. And, and the thing that hit me first was Pampers. I thought, this is killing me. And, and, uh, and then I wanted to go back to them because jeans were way more expensive when they got older. But I couldn't get my kids back in Pampers. So um, 
And then you get to a certain age and kids are going off to college. And then, uh, you know, whatever age you're at, there's just this world throws a lot at us. So I want to talk about uh, how we can allow God to bless us. And I'm going to talk about a word some of you, uh, majority, like we have a large amount of people here that tithe, but there's many of you, you're new. Uh, you, maybe you never even heard of it, or maybe uh, you don't believe it's for today. I Googled tithing in the New Testament, and uh, like the first 20 articles are, it's not for today. So there's a lot of people out there saying it's not for Christians. And yet, I want to tell you my story real quick. It's an amazing story. I was 20 years old. Uh, I accepted Christ at 19. I'm in a church, and each week I heard the pastor say, we're going to receive tithes and offerings, but I didn't know what a tithe was. It means to give a tenth of your income to God. I didn't know that. And so I asked an elder in a church, I said, what's this tithing thing? And he said, it means to give a tenth of your income to the church. And my jaw dropped. I said, that's insane. That's impossible, first of all. And then I became angry with our pastor at that time because he just bought a brand new top of the line. We're, we're going back to like 80, 81. Just bought a brand new Buick, highest level. And I was driving a junk car. And I thought, I'm not giving him a tithe so he can keep living like a king. And I'm living like this. So I was really upset about it. And I had just came out of the business of Still Valley Barbell Club. Very successful, huge clientele, and we wanted to sell it. I just felt like we need to sell it, my brother Tony and I. And we had three potential buyers, and they, they wanted it really bad. But when they went to the bank, they would only loan them 10 cents on a dollar. So they had to come up with a 90% uh, down payment. None of them had that, and I don't think they had great financials neither. So we had to liquidate. So we liquidated. We borrowed all the money off my uncle in California to start the gym, and so I ended up owing him twenty grand. So I'm paying off a $20,000 loan. I'm driving a junk vehicle. I'm, I don't know what I'm going to do with my life. I'm trying to figure it out. I'm working a minimum wage job. I didn't know I was going to go to Bible school at that time, and I just accepted Jesus. And so that's when he told me it's giving a tenth. So uh, we didn't have the internet yet. You couldn't Google things. You couldn't go to Bible Gateway. None of that existed. But we had these concordances, and I had a Strong's, and I just looked up every, I looked up the word tithe and tithing, and I read every scripture in the Bible over and over again where it talked about tithing. And I didn't know there was an Old Testament and a New Testament or uh, the law. I, I, I didn't know any arguments. Again, there was no internet to go on and hear people tell you all these different things. And yet, after I read it and read it, I was convinced that it was for today. And so I made a decision that I'm going to do it. Now, I have an entrepreneur gift, and the way that gift works is you'll jump head first into the water. You know when you go swimming? You know, I, I, I'm the guy that will, I'm not going to wade in the water. I just jump head first. Let's get this over with, right? And, and so I just decided I'm going to tithe, but it wasn't in, I, I didn't have enough money. I'm living paycheck to paycheck. I'm in debt, but I just said I'm going to do it. And then the most supernatural things happened. And again, nobody's arguing with me that it's not for today. None of that's happening. And uh, here's what happened in my life. A couple months after I began to tithe, someone came to me and said, God told me to pay all your debt off. They paid my, all my debt off. They just paid it off. And I was blown away. And I'm just a guy in a church, you know. But they said, God told me to pay all your debt off. And, and, and then somebody else a month or so later came up to me, and I'm driving a junker. And they said, uh, God told me to give you this car. And they gave me a beautiful car. And uh, it wasn't brand new, but it was really way better than what I had. And then I figured out I was going to go to Bible school. And I'm getting ready to go down. 
And somebody else came up to me and said, you know what? I know you have a nice car, but I want to give you a better car. And they said, let's swamp. And they gave me a way better car. And now I'm driving to Bible school, zero debt. That's all supernatural, right? And, and uh, never happened to me until I tithe. And then I, I'm, I'm going down there, but I, I, I was going to buy furniture when I got down there, but I had to get a job. I had to work my way through Bible school. So I, I just took a sleeping bag and a pillow, figured I'll get a good job. I'll work through the summer and I'll buy the furniture I need. And so I go, go down there and I get lost. This is before uh, the internet, GPS. And guys, we hate, to, we hate to ask directions, but I couldn't find the Mingo Valley apartments where I was going to live. So I went into a convenience store, right? And I walk in and I go to the counter and I ask the guy, a young guy my age, I said, hey, um, where's the Mingo Valley apartments? Can you give me directions? And he doesn't answer me. He doesn't give me directions. Here's what he said. He said, are you here to go to Bible school? I said, yeah. I'm like, how did you know that, right? Uh, and, 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 he, and I said, yeah. And he said, well, let me tell you something. I just graduated. I, he asked me what Bible school. He said, I just graduated from the same Bible school. And he said, uh, uh, I just graduated. And he said, when you walked in that door, as soon as you walked in the door, and I'd never met him, I'd never been in that store before, he said, God spoke to my heart and said, give that man all your furniture. And I said, well, don't you need it? He said, well, I was going to rent a U-Haul and take it back to Iowa. I'm starting a church. But he said, God told me not to. He said, give it to you. So he gave me a full bedroom set. He gave me a full living room set, uh, a full kitchen set. And I watched God do that over and over and over again in my life. And so when I teach this, I, I like to look at anybody that listens to me as if they're my children. My goal is just to help people. I'll never force you to do anything. I'll never condemn you for what you do or you don't do. But I'm just going to show you what I know, and then you can prayerfully consider what to do. But those are some amazing things God did in my life, and he's still doing things like that in my life. And I see him do it for the church. And it's amazing to watch what God can do. So I have a brother. Uh, I have six brothers. Uh, but my oldest brother, uh, Jim, he's so much smarter than I am. And uh, he was in you know, finance his whole life. He eventually became our CFO. And uh, he's the kind of guy that if he buys something, he'll read the manual before he puts it together or the instructions. And he loves reading manuals. And when I buy something, I take the picture on the box and I say, let me see if I can get this together. That's the picture. And, and I just wing it, right? And uh, I remember he came to me and he wasn't working here at the time. He was at a bank and he came to me because I'm telling all my brothers, you need to tithe. I'm telling my mom and dad, I said, God is amazing. You need to tithe. And uh, so he says, Joe, I did the math. I can't tithe. I don't have enough money. And so he said, I told God I can't. And then he said, God spoke to my heart and dealt with me. And God, God gave me an idea. He said, here's what I'm going to do. What do you think? And I'm, I haven't even gone to Bible school yet. Right? So he said, what do you think? He said, I'm going to start at 3%. And I'm telling God, this is my tithe, but this is what I have faith for. And I'm just going to give 3% out of my pay every week or every month, however you like to do it. And I said, Jim, I think that's awesome. You know, because he, he's thinking too hard, and I wasn't that smart to think too hard, so I just start doing it, right? And, and so um, it was amazing. God literally, I mean, he literally um, supernaturally blessed Jim at 3%. And then Jim went up to 5 And he told me all this. And, and then he went up to 8 And then he went up to 10 And God start blessing him. Because that's the promise God gives us 
with the tithe. So that's what we're going to talk a little bit about today, and I'm going to give you a lot of other things to help you understand. One of the biggest arguments out there about the tithe is that it's not for the New Testament, and people will argue with you, and, and I get that. Again, if you Google it, there's all these articles going to come up. It's not for today. And I'm telling you, I can tell you in my life and other people's lives. But here's what's interesting about it. When people ask me that in the lobby, I'll tell them, you know, the Bible, Paul talked about it three times in the New Testament. He referred to it as if they did it. And then I'm not talking about Hebrews 7 when it talks about Melchizedek. Tithing. I'm not even talking about that, right? But here's, what, here's something that's important to know. They'll say it's only for the law. The law is what Moses gave them after they were delivered from, from Egypt. But Abraham began tithing 400 plus years. Here's Abraham. 400 plus years before Moses, he was a tither. And then Isaac tithed. And then Jacob, his grandson, tithed. And so tithing took place way before the law. And Abraham's the father of faith, and he's showing us, hey, by faith, if you'll trust God with your finances, here's what God can do in your life. So I encourage people uh, you know, to, to test God, to see what God can do. He's amazing. And to read the scriptures like I did. I was amazed as I read those scriptures. And there's so much that God can do for you. So I'm excited about this lesson. And I want to begin with a big idea. If you're visiting, this is what I, I, I want you to walk out understanding more clearly than ever. And it goes like this. If you honor God with your money, God will protect and bless your money. And I've watched him do it over and over. It doesn't mean you won't have problems. It doesn't mean things won't happen. But I've watched God rescue me over and over. I watched God do supernatural things. And it wasn't just when I started it's been happening all the way through. And I always tell God, I don't want to be blessed by members of the church. I don't want to be blessed by people I know. I want you to, I, I'm expecting you to do supernatural things. I don't want people to say that happened because you're Pastor Joe. And I've been amazed at what God's been able to do. And then favor. Favor is one of the most amazing things where people just say, I don't know why I'm doing this. You're dealing with a business. But, but I'm going to do you. A, I'm going to do this for you. I'm going to do this for you. And I've just watched the favor of God on my life. So here's my first point, guys. God can bless our finances regardless of our circumstances. And so, again, seven plus percent inflation, right? And it, it, it co everything's costing more. Fuel's way up, food's up. And so we're living in this environment. And I found God can bless you no matter what circumstance you're living in. And I've watched him again do that for me and others my whole life. But I thought it would be good to take a moment. I call this the five factors that determine our earning ceiling, how, how much we can make. This is without God's help. So here, here's the five factors. Uh, first is, would be our gifts and abilities. And your gift and ability will give you ability to go so far. And some people are supernaturally, amazingly gifted. And I always think of, there's a guy in the church that anytime anything breaks in my house, I call him, Tom Fenstermaker. And, uh, and, and I don't know if, you know, I just thought I'd throw his name out because here's why I share it. I never met anybody that can fix things that are, uh, he, he immediately knows what's wrong with everything. And I just think I am one of the most ignorant persons when it comes to working with my, my hands and fixing. I can't fix anything. And my, my dad used to laugh at me because my dad was like Tom Fenstermaker. My dad uh, went to Brick Lane School and Block Lane School to build our first home. He's tore engines apart, rebuilt them. And then he got me and he just looked, he used to look at me and say, what happened? How did you come into my family, right? 
And, and, and so I, like, I see guys that are gifted with cars, and then I see guys that are gifted academically, and guys that are gifted here and there, and I think, wow, gifts are one thing that will determine it in abilities. And then your education level, uh, that, that in this world can impact your income, right? Just think a surgeon, you know, 13 plus years of school, and they're gonna, you know, even without God's help, they're gonna have a certain earning level, right? And that, that impacts all of us, our education level, but then our work ethic. You know, the Bible says all hard work will be rewarded, but if someone has great gifts and abilities and a great education level and they're lazy, it's going to impact their earning ceiling, right? But if you work hard, that's going to help. And then I like this one, risk tolerance. That's the fourth factor. And that is, are you able to take a risk? Are you able to step out in the water, right? That's, that's important. Because you can have great gifts and abilities, but if you never step out, you'll never start that business. You'll never do this thing or that thing that God can bless. You can have a great education level, but are you willing to take some of those risks that you see? Man, if I did this, I could have this, but some people just can't take the risk. So that's a factor. And then the last one, number five, is environment. And without God's help, environment can really cripple us, right? Could be the inflation and all the other things we're living with in our country right now. Um, it can be living in a third world country. It could be anything, and environment will determine. So without God, these are the five factors that will impact our earning level. But God's able to bless us above our abilities, and he does it as we learn to surrender our finances to him. And we say, God, you know what? I'm going to put you and your kingdom first. And it just releases God to do some amazing things in our lives. Plus these other factors need to also be working in our lives. So um, I want to show you how God blessed some people in really bad circumstances, terrible circumstances. And the way I look at this is if he could do that for them, he can do it for us. And it doesn't mean I don't tighten my belt when I see tough times coming and all those types of things, but it just simply means I'm not going to worry and I'm going to trust God because God can do supernatural things in every single one of our lives. And the first person I want to talk about is Joseph. And uh, Joseph was 17. God gave him this big dream. And by the way, in a couple of weeks, we're going to start a new series titled Dreams, you know, how to pass the test that will bring your dreams to pass. I'm really excited about it. Talk about Joseph and some other people in the Bible. And it's going to be a lot of fun. But Joseph... His brothers are jealous. He had 11 brothers, and most of them were from other mothers. And they were so jealous, they threw him in a pit, and they were going to murder him. Thankfully, the oldest brother, Reuben, said, let's just sell him to those slave traders. There were some slave merchants going by. They sold him to slave traders. Can you imagine doing that to your younger brother? And they took him to Egypt, and they sold him, auctioned him off as a slave. And Egyptians hated Hebrews. So now not only is he a slave, they hate Hebrews. And Potiphar bought him, the captain of the guard. So he had a high position, and now Joseph's one of his many slaves. And it's amazing to watch what God can do even for somebody in Joseph's position. And listen to Genesis 39.2. The Lord was with Joseph so that he prospered, and he lived in the house of his Egyptian master. When his master saw that the Lord was with him and that the Lord gave him success in everything he did, I think this is amazing. Guys, this is absolutely amazing because he's a slave, but God blessed everything he did. God gave him favor, but anything he put his hands to, he did an incredible job. And his master saw it, 
And here's what his master did, verse four. Joseph found favor in his eyes. God caused the master to like Joseph, and he became his attendant. Potiphar put him in charge of his household, and he entrusted to his care everything he owned. So he gave him the keys to the Lamborghini. He says, I want you to go shopping for me. I want you to do this. I want you to do that. And he ran the entire household. But then Potiphar's wife took a liking to Joseph. The Bible says he was young and handsome and well-built. And so she took a liking to him, and he refused her over and over again. So she grabbed his coat one day, and then she went to her husband and said, he tried to force myself, that Hebrew slave tried to force himself on me. And so Potiphar's steaming. What does he do? He throws Joseph into the king's prison. So notice King's prison. This is where Pharaoh threw his enemies. This is where they would torture you, way worse than waterboarding. And I always try to think what that warden would have been like, you know. I think of a stocky guy with a grubby beard, smoking a cigar and cussing every other word. And his whole job is to make sure people are tortured for Pharaoh, right? And I think, whoa. So now he's a hated Hebrew, but he's also a slave, and he's thrown into prison, the king's prison. It's going to be bad in there, right? But notice what God can do. And this is the worst atmosphere I can think of. I don't know how you can be in a worse atmosphere. And listen to verse 20, Genesis 39. Joseph's master took him and put him in prison, the place where the king's prisoners were confined. But while Joseph was there in prison, verse 21, the Lord was with him. He showed him kindness, listen to this, and granted him favor in the eyes of the prison warden. I don't think that prison warden was even nice to his dog or his wife. And yet all of a sudden he said, I know I'm supposed to hate you. You're a Hebrew and you're a slave. You're a nobody, but I like you. I don't know why I like you, but I like you. Uh, So the warden put Joseph in charge of all those held in the prison, and he was made responsible for all that was done there. I just want you to think about that. He gave him the keys to the prison. He said, I'm going to stay home most of the week. I'm I'm going to work on Zoom, you know, And, and and then he said, run the prison. So I would imagine Joseph took torture out of the prison when he ran it, but he's running an entire prison. Just think about that, a Hebrew slave. And if God can bless him and show him favor in in that atmosphere, what can he do for us, guys? He's supernatural. And the stories I shared with you, I was blown away when all that stuff happened when I tithed. I didn't expect it to happen. I just wanted to honor God and obey the Bible, and God did amazing things. Well, I want to give you one more example. This is Isaac. And so Abraham and Isaac, right? And Isaac came into a time of famine. So that means it's a drought. There was no rain, which means the crops fell, which means the livestock is scrawny and they're dying early and everybody's hurting. Bread's $10 a loaf. It's a terrible time. And he wanted to leave. And listen to what God said to him. Genesis 39 or or Genesis 26, 2. It says, the Lord appeared to Isaac and said, Do not go down to Egypt. Live in the land where I tell you to live. Stay in this land for a while, and I will be with you, and I will bless you. Isn't that amazing? He said, just stay where you're at. I'm going to bless you in the midst of a famine. And then verse 12 says, and Isaac's a tither. It says, Isaac planted crops in the land, and the same year reaped a hundredfold because the Lord blessed him. So he didn't do it because he was a great farmer. This is a time of drought. He didn't do it with all his skills. He didn't do it because of irrigation. I bet God had to bring water up from from underneath, but he did it because God blessed him. And I think it's important for us to 
understand that no matter what our circumstances are, God's able to bless us. And what that does for me is it takes the fear out. And of course, I, I lost that fear because I've watched God do so many things for me as I've honored him with my finances. Gina and I, we've been tithing since uh, I, both of us before we were married, but our entire married life. And it's amazing to watch what God can do. Here's, here's the next point, kind of like our big idea, right? Um, the next point is this, God will bless our finances when he, we honor him with our finances. And, and it's amazing what God's able to do as we honor him. And I want to show you the blessing and the protection of our finances. I have people ask me questions, so I thought I'd just answer a couple. Uh, people ask me, where does the tithe go? Well, according to the Bible, in the Old Testament, it went to the temple. In the New Testament, it comes to the church. And it's meant to help the church do what God's called the church to do. So that's where you bring your tithe. And then I've had people say, Pastor, is it okay I don't give, but I serve. And so instead of giving, I serve. Is that okay? And here's what I say with all the love in my heart. Serving is you using your gift. It's you stirring the gift that God gave you. And so that's beautiful. And I want to thank all of our uh, dream team here. Thank you guys for serving. We could not do what we do without you. So thank you, thank you, thank you. But serving is stewarding your gift that God gave you. And tithing and giving is stewarding your finances. And they're two different things. And you'll be super blessed if you do both. And you'll be blessed for all of eternity because God rewards us according to the Bible. So those are a couple questions that I, I, I'm asked at times. And then I remember our CFO came up to me about a month ago. And he doesn't give me names or anything, but he was showing me what, what happened here before COVID and what's happening now after COVID. And just our cash giving was cut in half. And we learned something. We learned that many people only give when they're here, right? And so they just give when they're here. And we had that happen with check giving and text giving also. And I'm not saying that to complain. God's been really gracious to us as a church. I'm saying that to encourage people, hey, even if you say, I'm not sure about that, I'm not sure I'm ready for that, I think it's so important to be consistent and say, God, this is what I'm going to give you every month. And put them to the test and watch what God can do. God is amazing. So I'm going to read out of the law to you, and I want to warn you, we're not under the law. I know that. But here's what I love about it. Again, Abraham, 400 plus years before the law. Isaac, Jacob, all before the law. But what's cool about the law is it's legal, and it documents everything. So we get more details, all right? And so... Uh, Here's what the law says, Malachi 3.8. This is God speaking to Israel during the time of Malachi the prophet. Would anyone rob God? And of course, like what? You can't stick God up and say, give me your money, right? But he says, yet you are robbing me. But you say, how have we robbed you? And he says, in tithes and offerings. So he instituted the tithe and offerings uh, into the law. Again, we're not under the law, but it was all happening before. So he's just documenting it all. It says, you are cursed with a curse, for you are robbing me, the entire nation of you. And I remember the first time I heard a preacher preach this, he didn't know we weren't under the law, and it scared the heebie-jeebies out of me. All I could think about is I make so many mistakes, and there's so many things I don't do, so many ways I don't serve God, so many things I don't obey, and I just thought, God is cursing me, you know? And every bad thing that happened, I thought, this is a curse from heaven. 
But then I learned the New Testament, which says we're no longer under the law, so we're not under the law, but tithing's a principle before and after the law. But then the Bible says we're redeemed from the curse of the law. Isn't that exciting? We're redeemed from the curses. So under the law, if you didn't do something God said, curses would come on you. Read Deuteronomy 28 if you want to learn about them. Those would come on to your life. But guys, we're not under that. And whether you give or not consistently, whether you tithe, whatever you do, God loves you as much as any child of his on planet earth. He doesn't love us less if we don't do something. I'm just trying to teach you how to be blessed and protected, right? That's why I'm reading this because it's all documented. So listen to verse 10. He says, bring the whole tithe into the storehouse, which would be the local church of that day, so that there may be food in my house so that I can do what I need to do on the earth. And guys, listen, we don't tithe just so the church can pay its bills. The church is called to be the light of the world, the salt of the earth. We're called to be the light of this valley, the salt of this valley. And we're called to bring people to Christ and we're called to grow the saints. And we're doing a great job as believers. So we're giving so God's work can be done. But the number one reason I give, the number one reason I tithe is to honor my father. And that should always, if there were no blessings to it, I still want to help God do his work on planet earth. So he goes on and says, says the Lord of the armies, and, and see if I do not open for you the windows of heaven and pour out for you a blessing until it overflows. So Joseph, windows of heaven. Isaac, windows of heaven. Joe, 20-year-old kid, windows of heaven. It's just when God begins to bless you, favor you, and just blesses your life above your abilities, your gifts, and your education, and everything else. And then I love verse 11. Then I will rebuke the devourer for you so that it, uh, it will not destroy the fruit of your ground, nor will the vine in the field prove fruitless to you, says the Lord of the armies. And I remember about 20, maybe 25 years ago, I was teaching this and I said, but now in the new covenant, we can resist the devil and he'll flee from me. And I was so proud of myself. And, and then, I don't know, a couple months later, I was reading the Bible and, 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 and then I noticed God called it an it so that it will not destroy you. And I remember God speaking to my heart, the devil's one thing and the devourer is another. And I am the one that rebukes the devourer. So I changed. I stopped teaching it that way. I only taught it that way once. But once God showed me, hey, Joe, you missed it, I just changed it around. And I've watched God rebuke the devourer in my life. And it doesn't mean I don't have problems, but there's so many things God does, so many favors, so many things he doesn't allow to happen to us. And it's just him putting that protection. And so that's why my big idea reads, if you honor God with your money, God will protect and bless your money. So I want to share another story with you. Uh, This is Jacob. So Abraham, Isaac, and then Jacob. So Jacob's living at home, but then his brother Esau wants to kill him. It's a great story. And so he's running away. And his mama said, go to my brother Laban's house. So he's going way far away. He's going to go to Laban's and he's going to hide and hang low uh, from Esau. And, And so he's on his way and he stops at this place called Bethel. And he made a decision at Bethel. He thought, you know what? Grandpa tithed. My dad tithed. I was there when my dad had that harvest. Uh, in the time of famine. And he said, you know what? God, it's time for me to make a commitment to you. And let me read the verse to you. It's pretty cool. Genesis uh, 28, 20. Then Jacob made this vow. 
if God will indeed be with me and protect me on this journey, and if he will provide me with food and clothing, and if I return safely to my father's home, then the Lord will certainly be my God. Verse 22, and this memorial pillar I have set up will become a place of worshiping God, and I will present to God a tenth of everything he gives me. So this is when a young man decided, I'm going to do what my daddy taught me, and I'm going to begin to tithe to the Lord. And he made a covenant with God saying, I'm going to do this now. So then he goes to Laban, and Laban was a cheater. He was stingy. He was evil. And so he sees his daughter, Rachel, and says, I want her. And Laban says, work for me seven years, and I'll give her to you. And so he's uh, overseeing all of Laban's flocks. And after seven years, he gives him Leah, and he fools him. And, and then he says, well, work another seven years, and I'll, I'll, I'll give you Rachel. And so that's 14 years, guys. And, and as he's overseeing the flock, the Bible went first, minimum wage job, and then he had to pay for anything the predators took. Think about that. And he is just being taken advantage of. But then God saw it. He's a tither. God saw it. And God said something and did something that's so cool. And that's why I want to say, if we honor God with our money, God will protect and bless our money. Listen to this, verse 11, Genesis 31. The angel of God said to me in, a, in the dream, Jacob, I answered, here I am. And he said, look up and see that all the male goats mating with the flock are streaked, speckled, or spotted, for I have seen all that Laban has been doing to you. So God was watching over him. He suffered a little, though. So here's what happens. God appears to him and says, tell him that all you want for your wages, all you care about is you'll take the spotted, the speckled, the streaked uh, livestock. And Laban's like, I don't know, you must have half a brain because there's hardly any of those. But Jacob said, yeah, let's do that because God told him I'll make them all come out that way. And they literally all became began to be born that way. And so Laban was so angry because all of a sudden Jacob is becoming super wealthy, and he doesn't have any flock left. It was amazing, but God was paying him back and protecting him. And listen to the very next verse. Why did God do this? Verse 13, I am the God of Bethel, where you anointed a pillar, and where you, where you made a vow to me. He's saying, I remember when you made the tithing vow. I remember you tithing with your minimum wage job. Now leave this land at once and go back to your native land. And he went back supernaturally blessed. And when I read stories like this, I think, wow. And again, I've had people tell me, I don't believe it's New Testament. And I just look at them and say, you can say that all you want. I'm living it, and it's amazing. It's amazing. And I'm watching other people live it, and it's amazing. And it's amazing to have God's favor on your life. It's amazing to have a business person that doesn't even know who you are. It's calling on the phone to take care of something, and them saying, you know, we never do this, but I'm going to do this for you. And just to watch God do what only God can do. And guys, before I pray, before we, we, we leave this place, in Borman, at TCI, here in Warren, I want to ask you a question. Are you excited that God can supernaturally bless you no matter what circumstance you're living in? And if so, can we give it up and say, thank you, God? I think it's pretty awesome. I think it's pretty awesome. So I want to pray. Uh, let's bow our heads, close our eyes, and listen to me as I set this prayer up, okay? Um, I don't know what you give, and I don't want to know what you give, and I'm not mad at you. God's not mad at you. But I do want to ask you, to take what you heard, if you're not a tither, 
And maybe you'll be like my brother Jim, start at 3%. Maybe you'll be like me, head, head in first. It doesn't matter. But this is all about saying, God, I want to surrender my finances to you. And I want to put you first. And pick a percentage and say, God, I'm starting here, but you're going to have to be God. I have some debt. I'm living paycheck to paycheck. I need you to be God. Make that covenant like Jacob did at Bethel and say, God, this is the covenant I'm making with you. This is what I'm going to do. Enter into this incredible principle called tithing. And it's between you and God. I'll never shove anything down anyone's throat. And heads are bowed, eyes are closed. You have to admit, man, I don't think this can be taught any nicer. But I'm also teaching it with boldness, right? Because I want you to be blessed like I'd want my kids to be blessed. So that's a prayer between you and God. And and I want to just ask you, as you go through the week right now, just say, God, I don't know if I agree with Pastor Joe. Show me if he's wrong or if I'm wrong. And just pray like that. I pray like that all the time. Just say, show me. That's what he did when I was a 20-year-old. He showed me, and he can show you. And it's amazing what he will do. And say, God, I do want to honor you. You saved my soul. I want to honor you. Heads are bowed, eyes are closed. And as I just allow God to do what only he can do, he's God, right? He's doing what he can do. Maybe you're here, and you're not sure of your forever. You're not sure if you were to die, if you'd go to heaven or hell. And I was amazed in first service how many people raised their hand to accept Christ. It was amazing. It was just amazing. And so I'm speaking to you right now. Heads are bowed, eyes are closed. And here's what I'm asking. And well, let me say it this way. Here's what I'm not asking. I'm not asking you. I am not asking you if you grew up in church. I'm not asking you if you were water baptized as a baby or an adult. I'm not asking you if you're a member of a church. All good things. Here's what I'm asking. What have you done with Jesus? There has to come a time in our life where we realize he's the way, the truth, and the life. He's the way to heaven, and we have to accept him as our Savior. Some of you might be like I was at 18 and 19. I walked away from God. I grew up in church, and I came to a place where I didn't even believe God existed. But only God can open your heart. I remember when he opened my eyes and heart to Jesus. So here's what I'm asking you. What have you done with Jesus? Here's what Jesus did. God sent him. He always existed, the Son of God, and he came into a human body, And he showed us what God was all about. And then he went to the cross and he died for the sins of the whole world. God put our sins on him. He took our punishment. Isn't that awesome? He took the curse of the law on him. And so then he was buried three days, three nights. God raised him from the dead. And here's what Jesus said. Whoever believes in me will not perish, but I'll give them everlasting life. And if you're listening, you say, Pastor Joe, I'm ready to believe. Would you pray with me right now? The rest of us, can we help them pray? Uh, that have already accepted Christ. And just mean it in your heart if you're praying it for the first time. Say this after me. Say, Father God, I realize I was born sin-stained and I need a Savior. I repent of all my sins and I look to your answer. Jesus. Jesus, I believe you're the Son of God who always existed. I believe God raised you from that grave and you're the savior of the world. This day, I accept you as my savior and I make a decision to follow you. Now, Father, give me the grace to grow in God. And I thank you for doing that. Hope you enjoyed today's podcast. There are a couple things I'd love for you to do. Be sure to subscribe, rate, and review this podcast. That helps us spread the word and impact more people. You can also help us see others connected to God by investing today at believers.cc give. 
And if you want updates on all things Believers Church, check out believers.cc or follow us at A City Connected on Twitter and Instagram or search Believers The Connecting Place on Facebook. The best way to connect with BC is live and in person at one of our weekend worship experiences. We have locations in Boardman and Warren, and you can get the service times and plan your visit at believers.cc. Thanks for tuning in to the BC Podcast. Thank you.